Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. Hello, everyone. Hiya, y'alls. Hiya, huh? Hiya. I don't know, I've been on the Southern kick today, like doing things in a Southern accent. I love a good Southern accent. What about you, Amy? I wasn't thinking that was Southern. I was thinking like karate chop. Oh. Hiya! Hiya! <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> maybe that's a new Southern accent, y'all. That was cute. That was super okay. cute. Um, hey, everyone. So this is episode... 19 and uh wow 19 that is we're we're flying we are flying and we're here with somebody really really good looking like blue steel good looking like ridiculously <laughs> good looking it is a man and his name <laughs> a merman <laughs> and his name is alika are we using your last name What's your last name? Madaris. Uh, Madaris. Alika Madaris. Yes. Don't worry. If you're just listening to us, we highly suggest going to our website and looking at the photo of this man because he's really, <laughs> really he warned me before he came to my door because we're recording upstairs. She's like, just FYI, he's a really good looking man. I was like, oh, good to know. I'm like, should I put on more makeup or something? What do you want from me? Should I change my outfit? Should I change my outfit? I'm start doing some sit-ups right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to get up your vibrator. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> next. No that's next. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, so uh, Lika Medeiros, uh, we are very excited to have him here. And he's way more than just ridiculously good looking. <laughs> so we just wanted to really sell him to you all, sell him to you all because he's that amazing. But he also has a lot to offer the world. And what we are going to be talking about specifically today is men and sexuality and more so regarding kind of like the divine masculinity and if that sounds a little too woo-woo and abstract for you um how can men be better lovers how can men be better partners how can men uh, be more true to themselves as sexual beings how can they tap deeper into their vulnerability how can they um, be more confident, more skilled, more dominant. You, you, April, you just pulled my hair. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. That was until it wasn't a dad. She didn't like what I just said, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I loved it. And you know what's great about this episode is that we get a lot of people emailing us, asking us questions, tips on how to improve their sex lives. And I think this is a great way to tap in um, from the male body perspective because um, a lot of the, the emailers, the writers, are um, men that are looking to improve their sexuality and improve their sex lives. So. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of a lot of a lot of men, a lot of women, all kinds of folks listening to us. So we're really excited about this, and we've kind of tapped on it in past episodes about how um, a lot of our uh, female friends have been desiring to have um, their men kind of step up in a in a new way with more confidence and more strength in their relationship. So this will be speaking to you alls and beyond. So we're excited about that. Um, Before we dive in, I'm going to do a plug now and then a plug at the end of the podcast. So Alika is actually teaching a workshop at Pure Pleasure in Santa Cruz called Tantric Massage for Lovers. It's on October 21st. It will be from 6 to 9 p.m. That's on a Saturday night. And um, it is a 
three-hour workshop that he's teaching with his partner uh, in the workshop too. So if you're in the Santa Cruz area, please come to that workshop and join us to learn more about tantric massage. And we'll do a little bit on tantra in this workshop too. Uh, and uh, if you need to learn more about that, go to purepleasureshop.com. And as we've mentioned before, you get 15% off of all your purchases using coupon code SHAMELESSPP uh, in all caps. And I think you can use it on workshops too. So, hey, go get it. Go sign up now, now, right now, now. It's sold out. Too bad. It's gone. <laughs> Is it sold out? No. <laughs> She's so gullible. <laughs> Give us a little bit of some info about you. Yeah, who? What's? Tell us about your. How did you get into this realm of sexuality? Like, can you tell us a little, or just who? How you? What? Who are you in this realm? <laughs> well, um, where do I start? I, from a very young age, I was very sexually active, and um, it's been my passion to please women. Um, I guess I had a wound from a very young age where my mother was very disempowered and I had a father who was very an alcoholic and very abusive. And uh, I wanted to know what love was. And I had this, since I'm, I guess I'm, you said I'm good looking, but I wouldn't, I would never think myself. Ridiculously (laughs) good looking. Really, really. (laughs) (laughs) Women were always attracted to me and I found love through women by making them fall in love with me. So I found all, I, I learned all these strategies of how to make a uh, please a woman. So was it was it like a, kind of like a, like a manipulative kind of way? Like is this like the shadow side of it, or you're saying that no, it was it was unconscious. Um, but and it was then never. When they m- fell in love with you, you would like leave them. <laughs> Jumping conclusions. Our own wounding is showing up. <laughs> no, I would never leave them. Um, Abandonment issues. <laughs> Let's go back. Stop. We'll stop the question. So, anyways, you had a way of making them fall in love with you yes. <laughs> by pleasing them. <laughs> and well, I always loved every woman I'm a, I've always been with, and but I didn't really love myself. Mm. So that you know, later on when I ended up um, moving from Hawaii, I grew up in Hawaii. And grew up around nature, and I just was in love with life. And when I moved here to California, I started, I was doing massage in Hawaii, so I learned, um, actually, that's how I first got into, like, learning to um, give women G-spot massage and female ejaculation, um, was... I was doing massage, and I met this guy, and he was telling me that women are scandalous, and they all want to have sex. And I'm like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? So when I was doing massage, women wanted more than just massage. I'd be massaging them, and they'd start rubbing my hand, or, or, you know, so I'd be like, oh, okay. So I would give them, like, orgasms or whatever, and these women would start coming back to me and tell me that I healed them. And I'm like, what do you mean I healed you? And this one woman said that, her period was never regular since she was 15, and she was, like, 45 and married. And after doing G-spot massage on her, her period was regular. She never said she got off her medication. So I was like, oh, wow. Well, I guess I did help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to learn about other people, DACAs and sexual healing and all these we things. Just what a DACA is, in case people don't know what a DACA is. I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a DACA is. <laughs> so really, she doesn't really know. <laughs> Well, Dakinis, I think ha- there's more information about Dakinis, and they're like these sky dancers. They're like these divine beings that help. Basically, the the Dakinis were the ones that, um, when back in the day when men would go to war, they would have to leave their feminine side. Like if their brother was dying in war next to them, they couldn't be like, oh, my God, my brother is dying. Mm-hmm. They have to keep on going. And 
they would leave their families, go to war, and when they came back to their families, they would go to these dakinis, and the dakinis would love the war out of men so they mm-hmm. could come back into their... So sexual healers were healing through sexuality, healing other, even outside of sexuality, but using their sexuality to heal. So they're like the female tantricas. Exactly. And nowadays, um, women have taken more of the masculine role. So I'm loving the... Uh, helping to balance this, the masculine polarity that went, women take now with being entrepreneurs, being you know the head of the household and taking every taking care of everything. Especially here in San Francisco, when the feminist movement started here, mm-hmm. um, women were upset about all these men taking control and doing everything. They wanted to change the role. So a lot of the children that were growing up, they were pampered and babied. Um, that's what we have. Especially here in, in the Bay Area, we have a lot of sensitive men. Mm-hmm. And then the women are like, where's all these masculine men? And it's like, well, your mom caused all these <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> men to Mommy be more feminine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a rebalancing. Women took the role of more masculine and men are sp- more here in San Francisco. This area, men take more of the role of um, more the feminine role, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think I think, and that's when we're talking about our friends that have come to us that are asking for you know, our friends who are, are are straight friends who are in relationships with men, and they're asking, they're wanting more of that that dominance thing, and it's a really confusing thing for men. I, I I'm a big proponent of the feminist movement, but I also understand how challenging that is because they want to be allies, you know, they don't, and so they confuse being dominant with being disrespectful and, and rough and you can, but dominance comes from a different place. It comes from, um, confidence it comes from a place of just knowing it's and it takes self love, it takes worthiness, it takes skills. Uh, but I understand why that's a conf- confusing, conflicting thing. And I just didn't think of it as that way as, as that. It was like, it's your mom's fault. <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense. It's the way that they were raised. Well, I, I definitely can, um, attest to the fact that like I'm a dominant, very masculine figure in my life like with within every relationship I always like traditionally um have the role of like uh if if you are traditional I'm not traditional but like I take the man's role like my ex-husband would stay home and he was like I'll be the dad um to the kids that I've never had and um you know in in this this new relationship that I'm in as well uh even though I'm with like this very dominant like he's super masculine man I still I am like this dominant woman in the relationship. I listen to Who Run the World Girls all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, she takes over. I do. <laughs> so, I think it's about polarities, polar- right? Yeah, and Even balance. if you're going to take the masculine role, then your man's going to your man's going to take the feminine role, and that can switch. But one person usually is the dominant, right? And I'm trying to find the balance with that right now. And I actually had a conversation with him about it yesterday. I was like, "Am I a little too dominant?" I'm like you, usually, uh, he's used to very submissive um, people in his life, especially women. So. I'm learning. It's a process. This is a perfect time for We're this podcast. We're challenging him, too. And he's challenging you. Yes. Like. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, and this isn't an always only apply to straight relationships, right? It's the polarity between just two people, yes. right? So, like, we all have masculine, feminine, or what we, you know, traditionally would think of these things, whether it's softness or hardness or fire or water or whatever. It's the association. So we're not just talking about this isn't just for straight people or um, just for specific genders. Like, we're all carrying both of these, and it, we seem to... You're, you're essentially saying we're raised in a way that makes it so we are kind of geared towards one side more so. And sometimes that makes it so that we aren't able or we're not matching our partners in a way where it's, it's out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so there's ways that we can find the balance in that through our own work and supporting each other. And I think it's together. a good segue to go into kind of one of the, the main things that um, really helped me in relationship and how to own my own 
um, masculine and my own and my feminine is around understanding what's most important to me. What, what are my values? And what are my partner's values? And does my partner's values support my values? And do my values support my partner's values? Because if they don't, we just got to cut our losses and move on. But because of codependency and habit, we get stuck into these you know, vicious cycles of like, oh, fuck, they're not giving me what I want. But it's when we really start to own that and really see what our life demonstrates, because maybe we say, oh, family's most important, but we go to work all day and then we hang out, we go to the bar and hang out with our friends. And then, you know, our life doesn't demonstrate that family is important. So we need to change that. And then I link that to goals. Like, where are we going together as a couple? Or where am I going? Or do you want to go in that same place? Are we going there together? And that's really important in relationships for ourselves and for um, for our partners to understand that. And not only in new relationships, I think that's important to check in with your partner on a regular, even if you're in, um, <clears throat> a, lo- a lot of people are in really long-term situations and they don't check in, they just assume it's they're both going to be in the same direction. And that's exactly what happened with my ex-partner and I. We went different directions. We loved each other immensely, but our values changed. So I think that's a wonderful point and, and, and well-worded. Well, I like this. So, like, what you're add on there to not only so I like that from the start. This is important to check in. Like, what are your values? What are your goals? Here are mine. Oh, they're different. All right, let's cut our losses now before we get our hearts tied in here. Um, and then also in in relationship to continuously check in. Like, what are, have your our values changed? Have our goals changed? Yeah. At any set in time, we 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 have a set of values that are running our life, and of course, they change from time to time. But it's important to check in with ourselves because it's all about connection. We all want to be in connected with somebody, and that's what's driving us. But if we're not, sometimes, in, like in myself, I lost connection with myself to please somebody else. So it's about how do I stay in connection with myself and stay in connection with my partner? Mutual connection is, is the importance here. We always, I think we touch on that almost every podcast with a lot of our stuff. It, like it all starts with you. You are in charge of your own happiness. The workshops that we've done together are about that as well. And, and so it's, it all starts with you. And, and um, now you've heard it from another very reliable source as well, Alika, saying the same thing. So it's true. This stuff works. It really works. <laughs> well, yes, it definitely works. So, okay, so that was, you said, was kind of like what you learned, what has been really powerful tool for you to That's learn like the that. foundation, yeah, uh-huh. I think, for, for, for myself and for relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Okay, so that, and so as in your journey of becoming this kind of, like, stepping into your more powerful divine masculine, that was a piece that you had to learn for yourself. I was in a marriage with a woman that there was a lot of love, and I loved her a lot, but I was very spiritual and she was more of a kind of like a homebody and like did regular things that women do. And here I am like giving women orgasms and, you know, she didn't sign up for that program when we got together, but I've always been in that vein of wanting to go deeper around spirituality and my psychology and really healing my wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the val- the, the values changed were changed. changed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, when I started to own it more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then what was what was the next step in that journey then for you to step deeper into or what are some more kind of key components that keep you um, kind of on your path? Um, Well, I guess some of my self practices that I do around building my own sexual energy is you talked about the vibrator for an hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, yes, this is a regularity for me. Ever since um, I remember when I was a kid and I would talk to my friends and they'd be like, um, I talked to them about, you know, I masturbate for like an hour or two hours without ejaculating. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Just do five, ten minutes and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Probably two minutes for a lot of them. (laughs) 
Maybe 30 seconds. I don't know. <laughs> yes. So for myself, I realized if I wanted to please a woman, I had to be able to run this high energy edging and building up my own sexual energy without ejaculating so that I could really please a woman because, you know, men are like fire and women are like water. Mm-hmm. They take a while to heat up. So mm-hmm. the more I could be able to be cool down my my fire, I could heat up the woman's pot. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, we've talked about this in past podcasts as well. Um, probably actually, but like uh, female body genitals, they just take longer to get blood flow. They take longer to get aroused. And we're dealing with someone that is like built internally. And there's a lot more safety things that need to be kind of worked with there in terms of energy, because we're a, um, we, as in I am a female body individual, we are a receiver and receivers with an- plenty of many hundreds of years of ancestral karma related to sexual abuse and trauma. And so there's plenty of reasons why there needs or not need. Oh, need should. Damn. There uh, can be. It will be very beneficial if you are a male bodied individual with a female bodied individual um, to come to a place and maybe it isn't like you're going to have 5 million orgasms and but and have delayed ejaculation with that you have maybe not learning that skill although hooray for you if you do um but understanding that your bodies are different all bodies are different and from what alika is saying so you're you kind of learn to like harness that fire yeah from a yeah. very early age um like how old are you like 15 <laughs> <laughs> i'm 39 actually now but i you know i i think i was started Sexual active when I was ten. Woo! So I was six. No. <laughs> with her bear. With her stuffed animal. <laughs> My stuffed animal. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Amy was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. Look at me now. Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So how did you learn that? What did you do? Learn. You mean how did you even learn? How do you learn to kind of harness the the chi and not just touch yourself and just ejaculate right away? Patience. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for me. It's just I find a lot. Just I remember the first time I, I discovered ejaculation when I was in the shower and I was, you know, rubbing myself and massaging my penis and uh, I think I was I don't know I was probably like ten or eleven or something and. I ejaculated and it was like, oh my God. I was like one with God and I grew up Catholic, Catholic and Christian. So I'm like, oh my God, I found like this secret, <laughs> this, this secret thing. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. To all my friends. <laughs> They're all like, we're so ahead of you. <laughs> so I love pleasure. Um, that's one of my passions in life is, and how do I sustain that? So, through masturbation was one of the ways I could have that pleasure ongoing for, you know, why would I only want to have that for five minutes when I can have it for an hour or two hours? Um, and it was later on when I, I, I found different teachers that showed me different techniques. Um, like Charles Muir? Charles Muir was one of them. Amantak Chia um, was it the multi-orgasmic man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. another great book um, I would recommend any man that doesn't know about not ejaculating. You're like, what? I can have an orgasm without ejaculating? Why would anyone want to do that? In fact, my friend just told me that today. Yeah. yeah that they, they asked that question. Why would anyone want to do that? Yeah, he's like, why would anyone want to do that? Yeah, well, let's talk about why. Let's talk, okay, so, I mean, we all know that when uh, male-bodied individuals ejaculate, they get 
it expels a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And there's that refractory period. Not only does it take some time for some of the penises to get hard again, um, but also the energy just goes down. There's like that desire just like roll over and go to sleep. Yeah, it pulls but, a lot of you. It's biologically linked too. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some exceptions to the rules because my friend told me that he could ejaculate like five times. And I was like... He's a superhero. My, well, my, my tier <laughs> one that I just was seeing for like a little while back, he could do back-to-back sessions, which is why I kept him around for a long time. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa! And he had like this self-lubricating penis. So it was just like... Is he not circumcised? He was circumcised. It was an anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows my tier one... Yeah. Hit that. Um. Free loop. <laughs> so he could go back to back, and it was really incredible. And I just asked him. He, he said since he was, you know, first started becoming sexually active, he was able to um, have multiple orgasms. I was like, that's a gift. Yo, that's a super gift. Well, and with age, too, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, the he, younger you are. lost it. Yeah. <laughs> After he's like, he couldn't do it anymore. When he was like, he is now like 50 like, years old, 40. Well, he's 40 now, but I think when maybe in his mid-twenties. It changed, yeah. Yeah, when you're young, you know, you're 18, yeah, of course, you can, like, ejaculate over and over, like, oh, I'm gonna keep going, keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, but it changes, just like erections change, and the refractory period grows and gets longer, um, and then, that's, that sounded weird, but that's what I meant. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but there's reasons why, so it isn't just about being able to match your partner if you're in a heterosexual relationship, it also is about harnessing chi, that energy that you're expelling, and so, yeah, so there's a lot of really good like there's like health benefits. Are there techniques that if, if folks are out there in the listening land, are there techniques that they can use to like build up this and not stamina, but just build up or is it, is it a practice more like mind over matter? Uh, well, there's edging that, you know, right. you take yourself to the point of where you're going to come and then you slow. I do down. that with my vibrator often. <laughs> build it up. But then, up. but then you always come. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But I can have, have multiple orgasms. Well, women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different story. Cause that, it doesn't deplete, you know, their energy. It's a whole, it's, it's, it's different well, a lot of, because we're not ex- ex- like basically having the, um, ejaculate most of the time isn't. Well, no, even if they do ejaculate, yeah. it raises their energy. Yeah. I do get tired after I ejaculate. Do you want to smoke a cigarette and roll over? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I do. (laughs) Well, the the, the esoteric aspect of it is um, women um, bring heaven down through their head, through their yoni. So they're like blessing the earth. And men are opposite. They bring heaven through their growing up through their head through the crown. Mm. So that's there's a different flow there for men and women. Well, and then there's also like the yin-yang too, right? So like... For for uh, for men, the the sexual energy starting in the genitals and pulling it outward into the rest of the body, and for female body individuals, the sexual energy starting outward and pulling it into the genitals, Sim- like similar thing, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would they would kind of come from different different angles. So exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. they talk about you know not ejaculating as the immortality. Mm. That's what these. I've seen Charles Mir. He looks. He's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old is he now? And he looks. He's like eighty, and he's he looks like. Sparkling. Yeah. He's he's just like he's still banging. I mean, men have the largest of all primates. Homo sapiens have the largest testicles of, and this with the scrotum outside the body. This is all anthropologically speaking. Like if you study primates, so we are designed for pleasure more than any other primate, um, especially uh, since the penis is also much larger than any other primate. I was reading a book about this, and I thought it was interesting. Sex at dawn. Yeah. Well, I was listening. To, they were reading it to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> we call that reading these days. <laughs> 
But I thought that was so interesting when you actually do look at, um, like, I mean, we are. We're, we're designed for pleasure. Same with um, the female bodies. Like, we have these organs that are external that are used for pleasure. And I think that we're tapping into them and learning how to uh, edge, like, that's really awesome. Like, that would be the first stage. And yeah. then the, uh, there's other, um, they call it the million-dollar point, which is between your scrotum and your anus. The taint? The, the K, the Kundalini spot. <laughs> the yeah. yeah, So use these the three, million dollar the spot. Here, your uh, pointer, middle, and ring, uh-huh. and you press pretty firmly. Like when you're about to ejaculate, that that's a technique I do um, that I've learned from these books. But what I add to that technique is because you kind of ejaculate, but you injaculate, um, and then I'll. Do this. Oh, it goes in your bladder, is what you're saying. You ejaculate, or you, what do you mean? Well, you, you have an orgasm, but you want to send that energy up, uh-huh. up the spine okay. um, to, you know, again, this is like the healing for your body and to build your energy. So I send it up the, my spine through these different breath techniques and different bandhas or these pumping actions from my sacrum and anus and then up to my heart and then the back of the occipital, bringing my head up. And then bringing it down the front of the body to cool it off, because mm. heat up the back, cool down the front. Mm. So, it's so a, when you're saying, so you're saying there, you don't ejaculate. You, it's, it's there's still, and you're expelling energy, but the energy goes upward. Because you're still having the contractions, like you're ejaculating, but you're not actually ejaculating. The orgasm contractions of the genitals. Okay, yeah. Yes. But there just isn't fluid coming out. Yes. Yeah. So that's the only the difference. So instead of expelling the fluid, that you get those same pleasurable orgasmic contractions of the genitals. That's the that's the part that sends you in euphoria, and then the energy travels up you instead of outward, and then you can now. It's going up your spine and down the front of your body. And it's being almost like recycled. Exactly, and that's how, that, and that's the key to immortality. Mm-hmm. What these sages realize, because it is pleasure, but how do we unite that with the oneness with God? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're just most people have sex just to procreate, but these other tantric or Taoist practices is like how do we merge with God, mm-hmm. with ourselves and with our partner? Well, and obviously, and thing in, in tantra and probably Taoism too is is that we were given these bodies that can experience so much pleasure. Of clearly, it's not just for for procreation. <laughs> like, there's all these <laughs> yummy things here. Why don't we just use them? Anthropologically speaking, we're designed for pleasure. Yeah. I just studied this yeah. pleasure seekers. Bonobos, not so much. They last about all of six seconds. That's the that's the average. Uh, chimps are like something like 13 seconds. Yeah, but can they bang it out over and over and over again? Like maybe no. that's all you need. No, no, that's why they that everything's smaller. They have like a one inch penis on a, like a silverback. <laughs> <laughs> but the but bonobos, but the bonobo, that's a gorilla. Wait, what? The bonobos are the primates. Fr- I'm talking primates. Oh, primates. Yeah, but the bonobos are the free love ones. The bonobos are like bonobos the, the make make now. love, not war. Uh, apes. They don't rape. Right. Yeah. Like no and they bang it out. They're like, hey, we have a fight. Let's have sex. <laughs> and then they only last for 30 seconds. Yeah, but problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> One inch penis on the silverback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we have edging. We have pressing into the, the perineum. Spot. Yeah, yes. million dollar spot. And. Yes, and then are you doing oh, the Kegel exercise? Qu- wait, question: Do you have your partner ever do that? The perine- the perineum spot. Uh, press? I never or- had her do that. I, okay. I normally do that myself. Would you sure. recommend maybe if I wanted to? <laughs> well, if, if your if your nails are your nails are cut, so no, no, I, I, would, yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I keep yours. them short. You never know when you got to go in there for that prostate massage. <laughs> I make a really good like lesbian too with my short fingernails. Yeah, yeah. I'm heteroflexible. flexible. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, other thing is um, learning. Well, other techniques is diet, eating oh, yeah. healthy, right? Exercise, yoga, whatever fitness that you're going to do. Really knowing your body. You, you can't experience pleasure if you don't know your body. So this is kind of my other. I've always been physical, act, physically active and always trained and done yoga and surfing and all these things. So I really know, know my body well. When you know your body, then you can know how to give pleasure and you know how to experience pleasure in your body. Then you can know how to give it to somebody else. And if you don't have that, start there. Um, the other thing, I, you know, I learned massage from a very young age. I was massaging girls when I was like probably six-year-old. My friends, they were like in high school. And they're like, oh, can you massage me for a dollar? And I'm like... Of course. (laughs) So I started massaging from a very young age. So I know bodies. And for me, again, women are water. So massaging to heat them up, you know, so they're ready to go by the time you're ready, you know, to go too. So that's important, I think, in building, becoming a strong, confident masculine is learning how to open up a woman's body, learning how to have her feel pleasure and tease her and all these things are important and without you just like i just want to jump on her and fuck the shit out of her in 30 seconds right (laughs) warm up warm up the water i like this analogy with the water because um it just makes so much sense when you're boiling a pot of water you don't just it doesn't go from zero to a hundred it takes some time and once the water's boiling it goes on can go women's sexual desire is like insatiable so it's like as a man you know, I, I, there's another technique of when you actually are penetrating women of like you go nine shallow and then one deep because you don't want to stay. I call it the pump or the grind. I'm like, because I like the grind. You like the pump. Can we do 50 50 here? Yeah, He's saying not 50 50. I, I like this. I like this better. <laughs> this is this more more shallow than deep, though, because this is not what porn showing. That's for sure. Well, the thing is the. More porn people, they're used to the high energy where most, you know, men aren't. So they, they can handle that and they can be with that. But if you haven't practiced and you're not really like I've had a lot of practice, <laughs> so yeah. I, I can. But f- I would say for beginners, you want to start with that. Shallow. So nine. Because the G yeah. spot is, you know, only a few inches. Yeah. Well, and so this is the thing when when you're just doing like the pump, just like the, the, the bump and grind, not even, not even grind. Yeah. You're not, you're missing all the good stuff. Yeah. Like you yeah. just barely, you just pass over the labia and the first inch where all the nerve endings are in the G spot really quickly and go right around to the back, like maybe the cervix or like the walls that don't even have a lot of nerve endings. And so, yes, yeah, so this makes plenty of sense. Another analogy is like you don't want to spend too much time in enemy lines. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> that sounds really intense. I like this. Where are you going? Where are you going? Well, like if you're doing a lot of deep thrusts, you know, a woman's it's like being in enemy, enemy lines. You're going to the woman's going to squeeze you and take you over and then you're going to ejaculate. Ah. So you want to, you know, test the water, see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out, giving you all the good stuff, and I'm not going to eat just the tip. So, so you're saying do a lot of just the tip, and then... So next time you can be like, honey, want to JTT me tonight? And be like, no, I want to do this porn sex. Damn it! Let's listen to this podcast and learn new ways to have sex. I like it. We like that we go up on the tangents. We're like a little comedy show over here. Oh, God. Okay, so we got... Um, so massaging yes, a woman for like an hour before you even like do any type of other... Are you doing form. vulva massage or just all over body massage? Start with the back first okay. and then flip her, flip her over and then you're massaging the legs and then, then you 
and the arms, and then you're going to go to the breasts, and then in between the legs and these so, type of things. So, okay, because I, a lot of people, when they hear you say that, they're like, yeah, yeah, I do that on our anniversary or, <laughs> you know, on her birthday. Not, they're not, they were there on a, on a regular day, just because it's, you know, it's Tuesday and we're going to have sex. A lot of people think it's, you know, oh, I figured out what they like, so I'm going to go right to the nipples and right to the genitals and bam, it's over in 20 minutes. So you're saying, as part of being the divine masculine in in your relationship with your female partner, you show up in that way where you you feel like basically fully show up for her, and not just because it's her birthday or her anniversary. Exactly, because you that's what you're like warming a body up. Thing, yeah, she's you know? yeah. There's no quickies in your house. <laughs> sometimes my but partner's anti quickie right now too, and I'm like, damn it! Sometimes I just need a little little pump and grind to get me going like coffee in the morning but i well, like that, this that, no that quickie comes back to values okay oh so, <laughs> so if you value you that schooled. you need to support that i know you're way. right you're right <laughs> i think he's starting to <laughs> values april values <laughs> if that's important to you it is i'm gonna have discussion tonight about this <laughs> values everyone uh, so yeah how many quickies okay. a week you do you need <laughs> at least seven really I don't know. I'm a horny person. She calls herself a horny bastard these I days. Do. I was trying to be PC while Alika's here. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we talked about this on one of the last podcasts. So, uh, and Alika's a different approach here. Let's talk about values. And part of the values are um, how, what are your sexual needs and how often? Let's talk about that. Let's meet, let's, let's create a win-win. Are you talking to me? You're asking me? Yeah, you. So, okay. So ideally, like, what does my sex life look like? Yeah. Um, realistically, I have to have one <laughs> orgasm a day, either self-induced or with my partner. I prefer two because I think my orgasms do better in pairs because I like even numbers because <laughs> <laughs> she's type A. <laughs> this is right. So and I do. I get a little hangry spice if I haven't an orgasm. So even in period sex and all the days uh, I need. Yeah, I, I need personally. And he, I've actually communicated this. Um to my partner but um there were just the other day he had to run and do a project and i was like wait you're leaving me hanging here but that's when the vibrator comes into play so you're saying your needs are more about the orgasm and not the actual like section's great too i like the connection the long like um checking in with my partner for sure but they're like we're when you're a busy human which is i'm sure lots of people out there are super busy they have jobs there's no time in the morning then at night you like go out to dinner you ate too much food and you want to pass out yeah. I try not to do that. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, for my partner, I, I would love a minimum of five at least connective sex times a week. At least five. That could be, like, connected quickies or connected long extended quickies are just fun because it's like banging it out and i like also um how long does it take for you to get an orgasm oh it varies it depends on my hormone level sometimes i can do two minutes but today one hour i I just had to watch porn when he left (laughs) (laughs) i know we don't like porn but i needed we don't dislike porn we don't like it as sex educators i I think porn is okay in responsibly yeah yeah if you if you can't live without porn, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you can't orgasm without porn, then yes. you might want to reevaluate see, that. See yeah. Amy. Yeah, come, come check me out. We'll talk about things. Um, okay. Can I answer your questions? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Well, so what? I, but but I like where this was going though with Alika in the so like looking at women as water. So again, we're talking about heterosexual relationships. They're water. They need to be warmed up. So you don't just like flip a switch. It's not just an electric stove, people. Like you don't just even an electric stove takes a while to heat war- water. So you're saying 
Yeah, that you want to warm them up so that you can bring them to their like most juiciest, orgasmic, sensual, connected self. You got to take a lot of time. Yes. With the whole body. And then you said nipples. And then you said genitals. And yes. and like this is what women are craving from their mm. partners. And yes, they also want the occasional quickies too. But like so many women, and not all women, but this is what plenty of women are craving where they're wanting, especially long-term relationships, they're wanting more time dedicated to the whole being, mind, body, spirit, and entire physical body beyond genitals. Yes. Well, there's a difference between ecstasy and just getting off. Um, and if you want to bring a woman to ecstasy and bliss, you have to do that because she won't get there without that. That's, that, that's what's important. And for me, what I realize is the more pleasure I can give a woman, the more pleasure I feel in myself. That's, that's what's, my, what's driving me. Um, it's, for me, it's difficult to receive um, I'm better at it now because if you want to be a good receiver, you got to, I mean, a, a good giver, you got to be a good receiver too. But my gift is, is giving. Um, and I've been, I've learned a lot of how to really, really give. And in giving is where I feel a lot of pleasure. So the more pleasure and the more orgasms I can give a woman, the more in touch I feel with God. And then I merge with her and then we merge together into this place of, you know, bliss and ecstasy moving beyond the physical realm and that you can't do in 10 minutes <laughs> no definitely not no yeah i like Unless that distinction like baba g or something. yeah baba g is a different story yeah i don't know who's baba g if anyone is like baba, baba g. g spot yeah baba g spot <laughs> g spot that's who he really is um i like that i wanted to write that down i might have to use that as like something as a quote it's defining the difference between just getting off and ecstasy, yeah, because one of them is really like just taking care of a need, and the other one is goes beyond that. And and for me, like when I have an orgasm, just just getting off orgasm, I'm like momentarily charged up from. It. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. When I have that blast off, where it's transcendent, and even or even if it's not like an orgasm, but I'm having kind of a transcendent sexual experience. That is what makes me feel alive. That's life force energy. That's really fueling that, and it really. You know, if I'm not doing that on my own, but I'm doing it with, with a partner, it takes my partner to show up in a re- show up in a really strong way for that. And I've had, you know, um, kind of tantric massages professionally, and also my my partner and I we did Charles Mears training, mm-hmm. and he was doing the practice there on the on the G spot, the sacred spot, the practice that you do too. And you know, I had went into this deep place of this this cryogasm release, mm-hmm. and that release combined with so combined with him, you know, showing up and spending that much time, you know. 90 minutes, I think, just in this really soft, slow, sensual way um, and doing all the warm up for my entire body and having that release and then, ha- and then having, having a cryogasm and having him being so strong, holding that space. That's mm-hmm. that, that another aspect of the divine masculine is like, I can handle you in all of your tears. Like if you want to be angry right now, if you want to yes. yell, if you want to cry, if you want to scream, yes. like that is a really potent thing. I think it's a good segue to go because we're talking yeah. about all the bliss. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the, the other, shadow. The, yeah, the shadow yeah. side. Um, well, one in three women have been sexually abused, um, and I didn't know. That's a huge number. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so the G-spot is where a lot of the trauma is held, a lot of where women hold shame and guilt and all that stuff. So when you start to open that up and you start to release that, because, again, let's talk about the orgasms, right? There's three types of orgasms that women can have, clitoris, G-spot, and vaginal. So most women never experience a G-spot orgasm. Um, because of their holding that, you know, whatever trauma or whatever is there. And when you can release that and open that up, Kali, 
craziness can come out. And I've experienced that many of times. And it can be very scary. And it, it can bring up um, men's own trauma, their mother wound, their father wound, whatever is there. And if you haven't worked through that, you're not going to be able to be there for a woman fully. And a woman can sense that because women are more sensitive than men are. So this is partially, you know, the integration of what is a divine masculine is, you know, not just taking care of the body, but also taking care of your mind, your psychology, working through that stuff, you know, um, also having a deep spiritual practice. Like, are we just a body or are we, you know, more than that? So these are all things that a lot of men don't really look at Mm -hmm. and why women are like, where's all the divine masculine? It's like, well, it takes a lot of work to do all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And is it in most men aren't, aren't educated in that? They don't realize why or what's the need for that. So that's partially why I do this work is to educate men and women and couples around the class that they never got in school. Nobody mm-hmm. teaches this shit in school. This no, is why I'm so not. grateful that you guys are having this podcast mm-hmm. and really sharing this information that nobody gets, especially in the Midwest, like you said, right? with the mm-hmm. shame and guilt around Christianity. Christianity and no sex sex, before marriage and all this shit, you know, and it's only for procreation and not about experiencing oneness with God. No, no. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's definitely a really good point. You don't get that class in school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then back to what you were saying about the sacred spot piece, though, um, and and sexual trauma. And there, I think, episode, what episode did we do where I had that massage? I had a yoni massage um, from a woman. It was it. Yeah, episode episode fifteen. I think it was 16. fourteen. No, that's empowerment. Go so, to yeah. Website. Okay, go to our website. I think it's episode sixteen. And I had a um, a yoni massage, and she does is kind of like a womb healing, womb clearing massage. And uh, and I talked about this in past episodes. I had had an abortion in December, so there was like a deep release through that. Mm. Um, and so I had experienced so that same hands on healing. You know, having uh, my body touched in a way that was held with that reverence and that release of this, you know, because the body's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It holds, it retains knowledge. It remembers. And you're saying, so people who have had sexual trauma, the body's just retaining that knowledge and holding holding it there in that, you know, the sacred spot and the the G spot, G area tissue. It numbs out, it turns off, and it's like, this wasn't safe anymore. We shut down. Yeah, and when you go and get a massage, usually, unless you're going to some Asian spa, um, they don't touch, they don't massage the breast, they don't massage the groin, they don't massage the inner thighs, you know, and that, that's the place that we need more attention. And there's a lot of shame and guilt around that. So when there's, when you educate people around that, people can be more open to that, to be able to have healing around that. Because nobody knows, you know, nobody is skilled in how to massage the yoni, how to massage the breast in a loving way and without it being overly sexual. Yeah. And porn's not showing them that. I did. I did one of my first massages I got when I was 18, the guy definitely massaged my labia and I did not ask for it. And so I was freaked out by massages for a long time because I was like, wait, I think it was a consensual agreement, you know, going Always in. Always consent. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, this is happening. And I did not have an orgasm. I just like froze up and I'm like, okay. So I think that I love the idea of definitely getting the inner thighs rubbed and like like a release in, in um, getting massage because I, I never get massages because of that traumatic experience that I had when I was 18. Aww. You always get you consent some, before you touch the you. labia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Alika to the rescue. Dun, dun, dun. Well, the thing is the inner groin, there's a lot of connective tissue there. There's a lot of tightness there. Even in the yoni, a lot of women have they can't have an orgasm because there's so much tension. There's so much tightness in the yoni. Mm-hmm. You know, when I massage women inside there, I can massage the inside of the thigh that you can't get from superficial. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I can massage inside the thigh, um, all these different areas. And once you, that opens up, then a woman can have the waters flow and have a more powerful orgasm. But if it's all tight, you know, women try to have an orgasm by squeezing and, uh, and then they never get an orgasm. It's like, no, you got to relax and let go which is a different type of orgasm, which is, in, in my experience, more powerful. Well, a lot of them don't even know they're doing that, that kind yes. of squeezing, because they don't even know there's other possibilities where it's more like this unconscious clench. Education. Yeah, education, people. <laughs> Workshops. I just clench my pelvic floor. You mean clenching like doing PC, yeah. the PC muscles like kegels? Right. Yeah. I think that always helps. Yeah, and, and that, 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 can, that happens naturally, right. too. But, of course, you can do it consciously. Yeah. But that's not the clench you're talking about. You're talking about kind of this like unconscious, just like uh, tightness because it's trying well, to well, maybe you know it, it's tension. The thing is, if you're massaging your clit, clitoris, that tension will give you that type of orgasm. But if you want to have a G-spot orgasm or a, or a vaginal, sometimes that doesn't work. Like if someone was so used to giving themselves an orgasm by just rubbing rubbing their, one out, rubbing one out like really tough, and they're squeezing and they get to have that experience they get stuck in that habit. And then when someone's trying to give to them, they're not in that role of receiving and they're still trying to, you know, do it themselves. And then you're not going to have a powerful orgasm. Yeah, I think, so what you're saying right here is for, um, for the divine masculine to do their own work. So you, we were talking about what's really important for them is to do their own work to unpack their wounding. Exactly. And then when they're with a partner who all of a sudden all their stuff is coming out, the partner's cry, having cryogasm and their anger, whatever, even if it's not during sex, it's outside of sex. Mm-hmm. Because the divine masculine, this person, the, this male male individual has done that work then they can fully show up for that person in a way that makes them feel safe and in turn that person can then fully surrender and release and go into deeper places of sexuality and sensuality yeah and that comes back i want to bring back to what's important to people and the values you know like for me that's important and that's um, a high value for me around spirituality sexuality taking care of my body and i have a partner who meets me and supports me and and she also you know shares the same practices so that brings a, a relationship that's more alive and fulfilling. You know, anytime anybody is challenging your values, you're not going to feel good. Anytime anybody's supporting your values, you're going to feel inspired, motivated, and you're going to be, you know, fulfilling your whatever goal and your purpose in life. I call it the same frequency. That's what I like, I, like with my partner. I'm like, we're on the same frequency, like the same wave. And it, it's totally true. And I think that it starts from a value system. And I love that. And I love just verbalizing that. And I think it's important to, to check in with your partner. If you're in this monogamous or open or wh- whichever way you are, check in about the values. Even if you've been together for 10 years or 10 months or 10 hours, 10 minutes. Not t- 10 minutes, wait, at, wait it out. <laughs> 10, 10, 10, 10. See how it goes. How can men learn to uh, tap deeper into their vulnerability? Because we live in a culture that's very much... Um, it doesn't allow a lot of space for a lot of space for men to be. Me caveman, me strong. Yes. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Like, there's, they're not supposed to be weak. They're not supposed to be sensitive. They're not supposed to be soft. They're not supposed to cry. Um, anger is accepted. Yet there's also some stuff about anger, and there's too muchness there. It's confusing. But how can they? Um, or maybe you can share how you've learned to tap into those deeper emotions and felt safe to express them. Um. I grew up in a family that wasn't very touchy-feely, not very loving, and I didn't understand why from a very young age. And that brought me closer to women, and women were more in touch with their vulnerability. And I learned from women how to get in touch with my own vulnerability and actually express that in a way to bring connection with, with, 
with the divine feminine. And in, in turn, it, it, it led me down this journey of exploration of, you know, seeing these things, these traumas. So, it, again, I bring it back to what was most important to me was about finding love within myself and finding a partner that I could share my life with. And that brought me into being more vulnerable because that was important to me. And I realized that women were very vulnerable. And to me, women are the most powerful, you know, beings on the planet. They brought men into existence. So I, I, I could learn from women and that brought me down into understanding the psychology around that piece around. Enter Beyonce who run the world. <laughs> and, and I think what you're saying is interesting because there's this whole idea of instead of you saying I am a man and she is woman. So we are different. You're like, no, she, I can learn a lot from her. And we're in there in turn, like we share, we're, we're similar. So there's a lot that we share here. And there's, so the idea that women are soft, like, you know, his, hysterical, vulnerable creatures and men aren't, um, no, there's, we're, there's that pull, that balance, that polarity. You have all that in you too. And so you looked at them as teachers as opposed to the enemy. And I, I think it's taking responsibility was one of the main things. Like, if I'm getting upset about what my partner is saying or doing, what is it about me that I don't like about them that is in me? But that's like in general with humans. Like a lot of times if you have anger or resentment towards another person, I noticed that a long time ago within myself. I was like, why am I having these negative emotions? But I think if you tie those in and tap the, into those in your relationship, um, you're going to be winning and come out on top for sure. What is it that you're getting upset about or exactly. um, it's challenging you? The the golden nugget I got recently from one of these teachers, his name's Dee Martini, and he really helped me a lot to see is anytime that you have judgment or, you know, towards anybody else, um, you're polarized in seeing a situation or seeing your story, maybe in the positive or in the negative. And anytime you see that, you're going to be polarized. And anytime you're polarized, you are only seeing half of the picture. But if you can see both sides and weed out and ask the right questions around what's, um, uh, let me see an example. Um, for instance, my, my partner, she slept with this Tantra guy. And, um, and then she lied about it. And then she ended up telling me. And it was, it was really hard for me to kind of be with that. And I'm like, wow, this is so difficult. And I'm just sitting with it, like eating away at me and trying to ask her questions about what's going on. And when I really sat with it and I looked at what was the benefits out of her sleeping with him, mm. you know? Mm. So that's me because I was only looking at the negatives. Like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm not, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. She wants to be with this guy. He's better than me. He's a better tantra guy or whatever. Mm. Um, but when I looked at the, the benefits, I'm like, well, it brought us closer. It, it, it made me realize that I, really, I just want to be with her. It made me see all these things that were in the light. Then, then I could have appreciation for what happened. And anytime you don't have appreciation for anything that happened in your life, it's baggage. Mm -hmm. Anything that you can be um, grateful for is fuel that moves you forward in your life. So. So, so moving through the kind of getting stuck and holding on to um, the victimhood slash the glass half empty space. Living in a fantasy. Mm -hmm. well, you know, anytime you're polarized, you're, you're living in a fucking fantasy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are. 
most people. (laughs) 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 By the way, thank you for sharing that story. That's like outing some. That's awesome. That's we all we've all done it on air. And that's another thing. We're exactly what we're talking about here, too, is ways to tap in the vulnerability um, is outing the vulnerability, outing the heavy, hard things. Hey, so my partner slept with someone else and I was really insecure, going through insecure space of not feeling worthy. And like this other person was better than me and that they were going to leave me for them. And like that's a lot of people hold that in because they're afraid that the world will think they're weak. I went through this with my new partner and his ex the other week, you know, not um, and and I totally just tapped into my my insecurities with it. It was like not his stuff, my stuff. And it really did bring us to a new level, just tapping in and being like, where is this coming from for me? It's, you know, my fear of abandonment, my fear of not being good enough, my fear of not being the best or the most special. So like tapping into that is so important. And um, that's what folks need to, I, not need, should, no, that's what folks can do if they choose to. <laughs> well, I think what I relate that to is, are you choosing love or fear? Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in my relationship with my partner, I could see if I go back to my values of what's important to me and seeing my partner, she supports all the things I value and we're, we have the same goals and we're going the same place. It's easier to ask those questions around what are the benefits of out of that negative? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, you just cut your loss, say fuck it. And you move you and do the same shit with the next person you're with. <laughs> Cause if you don't work that shit out, you just keep gonna doing it over and over and over again. I, I always say I like to break the person. wheel. Yeah. I'm like, break the wheel. Let's not like, let's not reinvent it. We don't need the same wheel. Let's let's like, let's reinvent the wheel. Um, in each relationship, new relationship, if you choose one is a new start, it's a fresh start to do it right. And uh, I had horrible communication skills in previous relationships. And now I'm really working on that because I like to stuff things and be like, I'm great. Everything's great. And then I'm like, ah, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. And then I cheat and have an affair because I wasn't happy and voicing my things. And that's where it starts. So it starts with you. It starts with you, me, you, exactly. Amy. I think one of the things that you also that I'm hearing that you're saying kind of indirectly is that part of stepping into the divine masculine space is um, is like we talked about kind of owning your vulnerability, but it's also to admitting to yourself that you're not perfect. It's kind of telling your pride to go fuck itself and just saying, like, I'm a human. I have darkness. I have flaws. I have pain. And this is a part of who I am. And I'm not going to hide from it. I'm going to embrace it. In fact, expose it and be okay with that. Yeah, because. When I look at it, I fucking did way more fucked up shit than <laughs> she did. Like, you know, and I, here I am. She did one thing and I'm making it like the end of the world. Right. When it's if I look at my fucking past, I fucked up a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the only way we learn is through making mistakes. Right. And yeah. I made a lot of the same mistakes over and over and over again. And then it came to the point where, hey, I'm going to lose this person that's most important to me. I need to fucking clean right. up my act. And plus, it's like the definition <laughs> of an ins- insanity is like repeating the same action over and over again, expecting a different result. And I'm like, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm going to I want to create a healthy relationship. So if I repeat the same patterns that I've done, I'm obviously that's not going to be the end result. So great. Like, well, I was in I was in like three relationships, you know, and I was living in this fantasy of like, yeah, I'm going to make this all work. And I did for a whole year. And that was a lot. That was like my whole life. It was three. like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of work, a lot of sex, which is great. It was a lot of- <laughs> Good thing you're not ejaculating all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that helped a lot. But it was a lot, also a lot of drama, you know, and I realized that I didn't want to have it, it took a lot of my energy and I wasn't going you know what i really wanted was you know a bigger life and i realized i wasn't going to have a bigger life by being managing these three relationships so um 
it was great because I wanted it. After getting divorced, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. And I lied a lot in my divorce, and I cheated on my my wife a lot. And, you know, when I was doing this medicine work and I met my, my shaman and my teacher, he... He's like, you know, if you want, you need, if you want to help people, you need to be in integrity. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, then I'm going to tell these women that I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to own it. <laughs> and, and then they started falling in love with me, and I'm like, fuck, how am I going to do all this? And they just wanted me yeah. <laughs> themselves, <laughs> even though they said, no, oh, no, yeah, we want. But deep down, I knew they just wanted to be with me. But I just wanted to have fun, so I wasn't being in integrity and responsible by saying, hey, I can't be with you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you want more. But I don't want more. Yeah. <laughs> but your That's actions right. show different. <laughs> yeah. Well, creating the win-win with if those parties involved, it wasn't like a win-win for them. They wanted you solo. and But I they think weren't owning the, the, themselves either because right. they weren't saying that up front. Yeah. Because they're afraid of losing you. Right. Yeah. And so, so this was that, that yeah. That, they, they could turn you. They're like, oh, I'll turn them. I'll turn all them. women it's think that, that. It's that hope. And all women yeah. want more. Yeah. I'm sure there the men are exceptions. do. Yeah. yeah, the men are like, I can turn them. Yeah, I can turn them. Oh, I, my tears thought they could turn me. I was like, oh, mm-mm. No. Good luck. <laughs> Can't tame a wild beast. No. <laughs> so if people want to find wait, you. Wait, no, no, I have more oh questions. God, I'm so sorry. What the hell? Where are you Level going? Two listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple more questions here. Sure. Um, okay, so if they want to find you. Where do you live, Alika? No. <laughs> right down the street from yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't know where you live. Though we're good. Oh, good. You have like a whole fan club showing up here <laughs> for both of you. Massage yeah. me. <laughs> um, okay, so now I wanted to talk about okay, the, the integrity piece too. So um, integrity. So um, essentially, like, if you don't have integrity, you have nothing. And integrity is kind of about of a number of things, but commitment to your word. You know. You say one thing to someone and it, it means something and you put that out there and it's there. So there's something to be said about that being integrity. And I really like, do you read um, The Way of the Superior Man? Yes. And yes. was it David Dieta? Da- 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 data. Data, that's what yes. you say. And it talks about how um, it's easy to, like all, pretty much all men are always going to be attracted to multiple women yes. and all women are going to be attracted to multiple People, men, and all people are just going to be talking to multiple people. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we're always going to be attracted to other people. doesn't mean we have to touch them, but we're always going to be attracted to them. It's just, if and if you don't believe that, then you're confused. <laughs> no, no, then you're living in a fucking yeah, fantasy. you're in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in a bubble, yeah. And so what, what the way the superior man talks about, and it kind of seems like what you had, you're saying you learned as part of your divine masculine journey was that um, it's actually, it's in your DNA to always be attracted to multiple women, and it's actually easy as if you were a single person to just go out and have sex with a whole bunch of women and you're but you're not relationship building and you're not building that commitment and that integrity and also there's not a lot of expansiveness and growth for you so that's easy the hard part is the commitment and the integrity with one person and that's where the growth comes and that's where you expand and blast out as a stronger more divine human being totally agree with what you're saying um that was a game changer for me and it's been a hard road because i've been a fucking slut (laughs) you had to slut it out to get there exactly (laughs) and i can definitely own that um but to touch on what you're saying for me um finding i don't know if you believe in twin flame with the woo woo things um but it's a whole nother experience when you meet somebody that supports your values and you guys are going in the same place um everything just falls together and love making is so much amazing and spectacular and just life just is i don't know it's 
It's like those movies, <laughs> those romantic movies. And I thought I would never find that. But finding that is, um, has really changed my perspective and life around. Right? I, I, I thought I would never want to just sleep with one person. But I always have the desire to sleep with other women. Yeah, that doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. Yeah. But to realize that if I do that, that's just going to diminish what I'm building with my partner. Yeah, that building is really important. We talked about this on our last podcast, too, about we put in all this time into building this this thing. It's it's an investment. And um, to go out and, yeah, we can be out of integrity and make some like kind of low-level moves by sleeping with other people and not telling our partner and live our whole lives in that. Mm-hmm. But we're living our whole lives out of integrity then. Like your whole life is as is out of living at a lower vibration that is haunt, probably haunting you and in fact getting away of you really fully connecting with your partner i mean it's pretty hard to connect with your partner after you've been lying to them but the, i guess it, th- that's my opinion too but i wouldn't know if it's lower vibration necessarily um i just think it's a different set of values again yeah. like I, I think people could still be you know in high vibration and be with multiple people um yeah, I guess that sounded a, a little judgy. So sorry to sound a little judgy. And then you look at other cultures, right? Like in France, quite often the don't ask, don't tell is the policy. So I'm saying that if you're in, un, you know, an understanding, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not all for monogamy. I'm support non-monogamy. Um, I support ethical cheating too, if it's part of your arrangement and if it works for you. But I feel like for most people, if it's you're in a relationship and it's, hey, we're monogamous, we're not touching other people. Mm-hmm. And you're moving outward and still doing that yes. and coming back and trying to be deeply connected with your partner, it's it's going to be floating around there. And it's going to be really challenging to get to your highest connected self yes. with that that lingering. It's well, just I, there's no way really I, I don't know how you get around that. I, I agree. I, coming back to your goal, if we don't set up high priority uh, list of the things we need to do every day in alignment with our goal – just by default, we're going to get distracted. We're going to, some ex is going to call us or some friend is going to call us or we're going to go on a Facebook or whatever and then we're never going to reach our goal. And maybe, maybe we're not really realistic that we really want that goal. So what I realized, you know, there's certain things like I want a house in Kauai mm-hmm. and I want, you know, to have a retreat center and do these things. And being in these three relationships weren't, and a lot, weren't going to support that. They were taking a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if I can hone it with this person who wants the same thing, I can have this life that I really want, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so higher yeah, vibration. It comes that's... back to checking in with your partner and, and, and considering the values to achieve your goals. I love that scenario. And that's exactly, um, I, I didn't, date three people for a year at the same time. But and being in my single, my single days where I was just banging it out with like multiple, um, dudes for the most part, um, uh, you know, on an irregular basis, like it was distracting and but fun. I, it was fun for sure. But and that was I, in alignment with what you that, wanted. Right. Yeah. Right. Then it was what I wanted, but I, it, I noticed that I wasn't going to achieve necessarily all the things that, um, that are my life, lifelong goals and five year exactly. goals with, with that distraction. Exactly. Um, and it was, but so I, I do, I love this scenario and this breakdown of this. It's a good perspective. All right, one last question before we answer, or, or answer, and <laughs> answer. Um, do you have any tips for the scenario that we're talking about for um, 
men to learn how to tap more into their confident self, especially in those relationships where they have partners that are wanting more like a dominant. They're like, I just want a strong, my strong, dominant partner. And those men you're saying that are kind of raised to be more sensitive um, and that it's hard for them to go in, that they're really uncomfortable going into that stronger dominant space inside or outside of the bedroom do you have any tips on like how they can build more confidence or tools or even if it's in the bedroom um like how can they learn to kind of get rid of some of those layers and just like really tap into their strong masculinity i know it's a really complicated one well is is that more specific from for the bedroom like being more confident in the bedroom i mean that's the main request that i feel like that we get um is is from from people is like like, I want my, my man to be, you know, I, I want him to be a feminist, I want to be an ally, I want to be his equal. But when we're in the bedroom, I'm really craving for him to just step it up and, you know, like, throw me yes, against the wall yes, and ravish yes. me. Ravishing is okay, a big word. I, I understand. Yeah. Um, there's a twofold answer here. And the first one is about if, if you have a dominant woman. April, April. <laughs> it has to go oh both ways because if the woman is going to be holding that dominant role, even when the man's trying to step into that role and not learning to let that down, there's no way that that man's going to be able to do that. So having that conversation and working that out first and, you know, having each partner, hey, I'm going to I'm going to work on being the man today. I just want you to just be in the role of receiving. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't like something, you know, just learn the woman being okay with, hey, okay, this might not be feeling so good, but, you know, um, I'm just going to let let that go and not let the small things. Not if it's like they're touching you and it feels like terrible. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. The cookie scenario that we've talked about before yeah. on podcasts. Like, give yes. them a cookie like that feels. Uh, wait, Amy. Oh, you oh they're rubbing your nipples and they're like, I love when you touch my breasts. And what I love even more if you're a little slower and softer. But what you're saying is if something's just like, OK, yeah. you know, so we're not talking about if it feels terrible. We like to say voice yes. your nose. But you're saying if something's just like, eh, like it's they amazing. could they could do better. You're, yeah. you're saying as part of stepping into the, the feminine side of the whether you're whether you are a man or a woman to step in the feminine would be to receive and soften. Yes. And then that'll help. Women need to inspire men um, because, again, our mothers have taught us how to be more feminine, more like a woman. So a lot of men, I would say first and foremost, get some mentors, some people that are actually embodying the masculine that you desire and you want to be. Hang around those people more and learn from them. Then you'll get off through osmosis how to be the masculine. And, you know, if someone's like, you want to be more sexually powerful hang out with me or or you know it depends on what you want right five 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 five, five. (laughs) so you know if you that's number one is like getting mentors and then in the scenario of in the bedroom you know learning tools learning how to massage learning how to give a sensual massage how to turn on a woman um getting sensual massages from from a woman learning how to play both roles of being feminine and then being in the role of masculine of giving it's it's a giving receiver role so the masculine for me i i think of it as more of a giver and just being there to be of service and to serve the your goddess and if you can get into that mindset then the telos comes on and your higher self comes on and you're not thinking things just happen spontaneously and then it becomes a play and that's the mindset you want to get into before But if you don't have any kind of tools, you don't have any mentorship, you don't have any other people to look up, you're just shooting in the fucking dark. Mm -hmm. You're going to fucking not hit anything. Yeah. 
I like so I like that. So there was the mentors piece to so look at, look for the other people in your life that you look up to, that you were like I you know I I want to be You're my mentor, Amy. Spend your time <laughs> with them, learn from them. Um, also heard the piece that when we're asking the question about how men can show up more confident. It isn't just them; it's that um, there's balancing the you know the polarities here. How this is also for their female counterparts if they're really strong in their masculine. How can they soften more into their feminine and to pay attention to that? That it's a two way street. To inspire the men. Mm-hmm. And to be able yes. to and support too, so inspire that, and support. support. Yeah, exactly. And then the last piece was skills, and which brings us to your workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So again, we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. Um, Alika and his beautiful partner are teaching a workshop at Pure Pleasure on Saturday, October twenty first. It's a tantric massage for lovers workshop, and it is a three hour workshop that is going to have a hot live demo and also have actually hands on practice. You will only be practicing with. The lover that you arrive with, so it's for couples or loverships only. Um, so if you're in the Santa Cruz area and you want to come practice some of the things that we've been talking about here, um, that will be available to you. And where else can people find you? Like, do you have a website? Well, yeah, the web the website is still under um, in progress. In progress, yeah. it's um, or do you like eroticaliveness.org? Oh, okay, cool. Eroticaliveness.org. So if it's not up functioning when you hear this podcast. Revisit it. And like we said, he's really beautiful. So you want to see his photo. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and when the website comes up, there's a lot of amazing photos on there. Too. Okay. Yeah, we'll post a photo but online. The, a little bit about the workshop. Yeah, yeah. I just want to yeah, share. Because yeah. um, sure. you were talking about skills. Yeah. Um, what I recommend if you, if you are in a couple that at least once a week that you have a date night at home yeah. where, you know, one you know, whether the man is giving to the woman or the woman's giving to the man and you set up a sacred space, you get candles, you get chocolates and you make that a time for that every week. And that builds on the, to build the relationship to bring closer. And this is, and we're going to share a specific way of how to give to your partner of how to give them more pleasure around lingam worship and yoni worship and how to massage around the groin and breasts and all these things so that you can, you know, build up the fire mm-hmm. <laughs> have these tools outside of what porn is showing you to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah and um and this workshop also it was specified is open to all genders and orientations as well um so if you could be for multiple lingams or multiple yonis <laughs> <laughs> bring your lingams bring your yonis they're all welcome <laughs> yeah i'm really excited um and then there's two things i thought about that i want to i just realized in my a i don't have add but my type a brain that sometimes is a level one listener um, I don't think we actually said what a DACA was. A DACA is what you were saying with a Dakinius, but the male version or masculine version of that. Exactly. And then edging, um, you, you talked about it, but edging, I just want to clarify that, was kind of building up to the point of orgasm, but not giving yourself the orgasm and kind of riding that wave and then letting yourself cool down and then building yourself again, up again. And that was the tool that you were talking about that they talk about in the multi-orgasmic man, um, where you would, could eventually learn to have an orgasm without ejaculating by doing that over and over again exactly. as a skill. Yeah. Well, because men can have multi-orgasms too. Yes. And yeah. by doing that, you can learn and by pressing the million dollar point or just, you know, running the energy through your body for sure. And yeah. that's the reason why you don't want to ejaculate because if you ejaculate, you're fucking done. Yep. <laughs> Game over. Unless you're 20. We should call it the million rupee point. <laughs> that's not a lot. That's not $2. <laughs> That's a, what a rip. Damn it. Uh, all right, Alika, thank you so much. It's wonderful. Mm. I feel like very energized and um, 
and enlightened. Alika, mm. amazing. And you just live down the street. <laughs> yes. Yay. Five, 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 five. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and join us uh, every Tuesday when we release a new podcast. We see you next Tuesday and ciao for now. Aloha. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.